Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Lady Mouse. Lady Hello, everybody. Welcome to Lady Mouse, the show with real girl talk. That's right, me, Mixie Plum. I have collected a bunch of women over the years, and I want to know what they have to say. I mean, I want you to know what they have to say. I want you to know what women have to say. So we use our Lady Mouths to do that. And today, I am extremely excited to have one of my best friends, uh, Brookie Bear, I call her. What's up, Brookie? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. It's so happy to see you. And, you know, because (laughs) um, if you guys don't know, Brookie's in Canada, and she's far away from me. And we had plans to go. I had plans to go see her while she convalesced from surgery. And it would be my first time visiting her. But then quarantine hit. So we couldn't. So me and Bear, we uh, we're gonna meet one day, and it's just gonna be a lot of hugging. But why don't you tell people how we actually met? This is fun. We're both authors, and I was very fortunate that you noticed the cover for my indie book. May I say something quickly about your book? Because I'm gonna pimp it. Oh, okay. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. So I am a huge dystopian. Uh, sci-fi fan and I met Kat I think on we both had bookstagrams at the time my Instagram is not all centered on books anymore and yours seems to be centered on women's rights all the time so (laughs) yes definitely that's your thing yeah Mm -hmm. I love it I love learning whatever you post there's so many episodes we can do on women's history I can't wait till we do our episode on women's history I'm excited There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So I, Brooke and I became Insta friends on Instagram and we exchange each other's books and we got obsessed. Did reviews for each other. Uh, Oh, we did reviews. Yes. Because that's what you do. Yay. And (laughs) I was blown away with her book. I read it all day and all night and I was pissed because I had a hundred pages left over and I fell asleep and I couldn't <gasps> start it again till the morning. Oof. Now that's yeah. a huge compliment. That's amazing. Uh, I loved your book so much. I try to tell people it is the best sci-fi dystopia book you will read. The thing about Brookie and her strength is she's a world builder. I am not a world builder at all. And her book is 394 pages edited okay so just just take a little a hint from that how well Brookie can design a universe I can't do that (laughs) I'm a different kind of writer (laughs) well I love yours you've got that stream of consciousness narrative that I really admire I really admire that it's amazing I can't write that way. So every, every writer's different. Every writer's different. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that, um, we have, uh, future plans. Uh, we've, we've started a collaboration and hopefully one day you will see books, fantasy novels written by both of us together. That would be so exciting. Yeah, it would. I, I, when we met, I was like, this is it. 
it's like when Jordan Key met Peel Keegan, oh, Keegan Key met Jordan Peel for the first time, and they thought, oh my God, this is it. This is my this is it. This is the partnership. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the beginning of something so beautiful. I know, and, and we just love each other so much, and we're both bears. She told me I was a bear, and I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, that's for another episode. Let's let's go on. That is yeah. that is a lot. We have some. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. Me too. We are gonna have some excellent conversations. Um, but today, because it's almost August, and I want to get this out by the American 100 year anniversary, we are talking about suffragette today. <laughs> suffragette city. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David Bowie knew. So just to give a brief history of American suffrage, in 1848, people like Susan B. Anthony uh, started, you know, resistance for women's rights. And not until 1920 did they finally ratify a woman's right to vote. So August of 2020 is our 100-year anniversary for women's rights to vote in the U.S. of A. I personally, because I'm a law and order dork and civic responsibility, like I like jury duty, the minute I turned 18, I voted. I take that so seriously. I I am always ready to vote <laughs> and, and re, you know, be responsible with my civic duty. I find if people understand the history behind it, they're more likely to vote than not. Yeah. They recognize how important it really is to exercise that right because for so long, so many people didn't have it. Yeah. You know? think, think about women's rights in general. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just women, but, you know, men too. Like there was a time where you couldn't just vote, you had to own property or you had to have a certain um, place in society in order for your voice to be heard. Wow. You know, I mean, that's Greek democracy right there. Yeah, that's intense. It is. And and interesting to think that it slowly turned into, no, everybody has a right to have their voice heard, not just the elite. Exactly. That's why you get out there and you exercise that right. That is not something you ever want to lose. So it went, it started from rich to poor to gender. Interesting Mm. evolve there. (laughs) First, the Mm -hmm. rich can vote. Now men can vote. Women. I don't know know about the states, but I I suspect it's very similar to what happened here in Canada, whereas that the provinces slowly started letting women uh, vote in provincial elections. And so that would be the states down. I'm not sure. Was it states that were giving the vote to women? Were they allowed to vote in um, like in, in, in municipal things or <laughs> you yes, went no? beyond my wheelhouse oh okay no that's what, <laughs> my, that's my very thorough research sorry <laughs> well here like so what happened here in Canada was women started saying we obviously we want to be able to vote and we're talking a very long campaign this didn't obviously this did not happen overnight so many different women's and, and men people from all around all saying women should have the right to vote um, and But it didn't happen federally until 1918. That was when women were finally given that right. Any woman within a certain perspective, yet again, it turns out through my own research, and this is something that they don't necessarily teach you in school, is that Asian women and First Nations women were excluded from that. Um, Asian women wow. were not given the vote until 1948. And First wow. Nations, yeah, I know. And I've, I've got some dates for you. Oh, Ooh. my God, you're, you're not even going to understand. This is Canada, First, right? Yeah. Just First so Nations. you guys know, we were into Canada now. Yeah. First Nations women were not given the right to vote until 1960. And before wow. then, if you wanted to vote and you were First Nations, then you had to give up your treaty rights. And... <laughs> I, it's insane. And so in 1960, they finally said, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's a little racist. <laughs> maybe. Yes, maybe. Little, oh maybe. my gosh. You know? you know, it's interesting how you said before, like all, all the things you're going to talk about of Canadian suffrage will mm-hmm. have racism included in it. 
Um, oh, absolutely. It's still a, it's systemic racism is everywhere. Um, yeah, and it's such an course. important part of suffrage is to understand racism as part of that. What I, what I found really fascinating is to look at, okay, once women gained the vote in 1918, black women were included in that. Not just women of European descent, but people, but women of African descent as well. And, but for whatever reason, Asian women were not included. And First Nations, once again, because of the treaties thing, it, it starts to get extremely upsetting. May because, I ask, what yes. is the racial pulse of modern-day Canada? The racial pulse? Like What's the... I mean, like, black women were allowed at first, but Asians weren't. So what are their racial stereotypes in Canada? I mean... It's still something we battle every day. I mean, you're definitely going to get it more in certain areas. Um, I'm just saying because U.S. seems to hate black people more. And it's You guys have a longer history of slavery there as well, though. Um, Yeah. I actually know someone whose last name is Canada, and I said, that's an interesting last name. And she goes, it was probably my slave name. Oh, She was like, I was probably the Canadian slave. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, we don't, do we? And that opened my eyes a lot. Yeah, the white privilege, right? You go, oh, oh, wait a minute. Well, I mean, my name is also a Yiddish word that was shortened at Ellis Island, so I'm kind of in the same boat, you know? <laughs> kind like, of? My well, name's- I don't know. Like, my husband's mother's maiden name is Tomofichuk, which is Ukrainian, but when he got here, they shortened it to Tymos so that he would sound less Ukrainian. Oh, Because wow. when you moved to Canada, you wanted to be British. <laughs> You, oh my gosh. You would think, you know, your one big stereotype is no guns and you're super nice. Why do you guys have racism if you're super nice? Huh? Uh, Well, that's a very good question. I would, systemic (laughs) racism is pernicious, right? You don't even think about it. It's just there. Pernicious canid. Yeah. And then eventually your eyes get opened and you go, oh, wait a minute. Okay. So if I could talk about some of the things that I've seen, and it's a, it's unfortunate, but what will happen is somebody will just start a fight. You'll just be standing there, and all of a sudden there'll be this fight, and all of a sudden the racial slurs will come out. Oof. And you're just, and you're the as the as the other white person in the room. You've got a choice: do I just let this happen, or do I step in? And well, so you I would was, always step in. I know oh, that about God, yes. you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> you it's, do it's, not tolerate intolerance. I guess I get really upset, and I have to remind myself to stay calm. You know. And so this one man, he verbally attacked a woman in a parking lot. She had just gotten out of her car, and she gets out of her car, and this man just starts yelling at her. I don't even know what triggered him that she had to go back to her country. And wow. I was just like, it was like, excuse me. And I just remember I was, I was probably, I was, not, I was a fair distance away and I could hear him and I just ran right over there. And my first question was, excuse me, sir, what's going on? You know, my first thought was I have to de-escalate this because he was not, uh, he wasn't, he was not weak looking. I will tell you that. And he, he looked quite capable of violence. Um, yeah. And uh, this doesn't happen every day in front of me. You know, but it was just like, and so she was extremely upset. And her response was, excuse me, I'm allowed to be here. I pay my taxes. I'm a nurse in, in the local, in this local hospital. I work hard. I have children and, you know, I, I deserve to be here. And he just was tearing into her for no other reason than the fact that she wasn't white. And I was floored. Oh I was God. just, Lord, I was, like, and this is not something, I mean, I was not raised, I was not necessarily raised in a quote unquote racist house, you know, but obviously yeah. I also grew up in a house where there were definitely stereotypes. And yeah. that was something that I had to unpack when I got older. And I just remember just standing there and being like, and just putting myself in between the two because I was like, okay, we don't want blood here. Um, and like I said, this man, he looked like he was very capable of violence. And so mm-hmm. I ended up doing my best to just get him to talk to me and not to her. And I was just trying to convince him to leave. That was all I wanted was for him to leave. Um, other people had also heard the altercation and some other people showed up and um, all of the men and um, they started fighting not fisticuffs, but enough to just let me be like, okay, I just need this guy to leave 
He just wow. needs to go away now because I just don't know what he's capable of. Um, we're not, the, the, I wasn't afraid of gun violence. Probably could have happened. I don't think he had a gun, but it's not something I necessarily jump to. Oh, this guy's got a gun and he's going to shoot You me. wouldn't in Canada, though. No, right? we just don't really Here go we there. Do. Yeah, I don't really worry about that kind of stuff, you know? Um, I was worried that he might try to physically hurt me, but I never got the sense that he was going to go cross that line. Um, but he did eventually, and I hate to say it, get back in his dirty old red truck. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. Oh, the truck. It was such a stereotype. It was awful, you know? Um, and I was, he got back in his truck, and then the woman was crying, and the, there was a man there who was trying to console her. And he was also was from a, of African descent, and, and he was consoling her. And I just had to stand there and just be like, I am so sorry that this happened. You know, and obviously this was not the first time that she had come up against stupid stuff like this. And I, I don't know how to make it better, you know, other than to other than to just listen. And so that's what I did. Listen I and love her. and yeah. respect and I, I just listened. people. I was not going to take away from that experience for her. I was just like, no, this is something it's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. Um, obviously, the States gets way more press about it. I think it's a lot more upfront in, in the States. We still have issues here that. I feel like we are taking steps towards changing. Um, We just have so many stereotypes that we just have to get rid of. It's like, stop, stop making assumptions about people. What kind of of typical Canadian stereotypes are there, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, you mean for First Nations is a big one up here. Um, First Nations. First Nations, um, Aboriginal. Oh, yeah. Okay. We go. Sorry. Yeah. So no, no, don't worry about it. Um, I mean, there's the First Nations peoples um, get a lot of stupid drunk Indian. You know. Oh. We have we have the Native so, Americans get that here. Oh yeah, I it's mm-hmm. it's it's really ugly. It's it is unfair. ugly. Yes. And it's ugly. It's unfair. It, it's it's not okay. Um, I've had to correct many people when they've said things without thinking and it's just the systemic racism again. And I I'm just at this point now where I'm like, if I hear that, I just, I have to say something. When I was younger, it was just so much a part of our world. You know, we didn't think about it. Um, the other day there was a woman, she, she's first nations and she posted, she lives in Winnipeg and she posted this video of, her just talking about what had happened to her while she was on the bus and she'd been attacked verbally by all these white people on this bus because they'd been inconvenienced by a protest that the first nations were holding and they'd been inconvenienced. They couldn't get to where they wanted to be right away. And so they decided to take it out on her, the only first nations person on the bus. (gasps) And she posted this video and she was crying because nobody helped her. And that just made me Jeez. so mad. I was just like, people were just sitting around while these other people were verbally attacking her um, for no other reason than the fact that she's First Nations. And I, I, I had a good cry watching the video because it just, it just broke my heart. I was imagining myself in that position. You know, what if somebody, what if these people started attacking me on the bus for no other reason than the fact, you know, that I'm female? Or I have blue eyes or some stupid little thing. Exactly. And it's a and stupid little thing to, to harass this someone. Isn't. Well, yeah. And it's, it, it's like we find excuses, you know? And so I was just, I was just heartbroken. One of those things that, I, like, I just imagined myself in that bus wondering would I have stepped in, you know? Yes, I think you would have. I well, would have. And it, it I guess right if you can't it, tell if you're in the situation or not. It depends. I know that there was a situation where I had my daughter with me. And my first thought was protect your daughter. Yeah. Because I did not know what was going to happen. And this was a, a situation in my neighborhood. It was um, a white man versus somebody from another country. And um, the white man started harassing the other guy. And it was just my first thought was they're going to start fighting. And my first thought was, get your daughter away from this. Oh, yeah. That was my first thought. It wasn't, it wasn't step in, which if I think if she wasn't with me, I would be like, hey, guys, what's going on? 
you know, but as soon as she's with me, it's funny how my brain just changed. It was like, no, I got to protect her. I got to get her around the corner. I got to make sure that if anything bad happens, that she isn't negatively impacted by this, you know, and I go back over it and I go, maybe the better thing would have been to step in. I don't know. I just know that, um, depending on situations, I, I want to help as much as I can. But there's every once in a while something in your brain goes, it's safer if I go over here. And you know? yeah, it's 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 pick and choose your battles, you know. You yeah. have to I mean, we're both moms. We protect yeah, our daughters. That's the thing, you we're know? both mama bears. It's yeah. like yeah, my well, kids come first. That's the thing, right? And so that that's just how you see racism here in Canada every day too. It's just um you know, um, we're, we're combating it in the best way that we know how. Um, one of the things that I'm really happy to see is that we're changing the way we teach our history, oh, which is so important. And With just truth. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we're not excluding things anymore. It used Ooh. to be a big exclusion pattern. We're not going to talk about what happened to the First Nations when we first got here. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll just gloss over that. It's like, yeah, gloss it's- over it. Talk about it. It's it's a terrible history, and people need to know about it. I didn't Otherwise, learn about what Columbus really did till I was in my teens. That I didn't learn until university. I still can't uh, believe that. I had to take a university history course to learn all about the fact that Columbus was an absolute power monger and the way that he just destroyed, the, you know, certain place. Oh. Uh, I, once again, it was one of those things where you read it and you realize, yeah, I can't believe I didn't ask more questions about this. But you're just spoon-fed a certain history so that you can feel good about certain things, you know? And yeah. that, of course, that's the whole postmodern history. You know. Yeah, of course. Understanding that we use history as a form of identity. And if our identity makes us uncomfortable, we're going to try and change our history. Yeah. Yeah. It, so and then, then it becomes you do believe the legend or the truth and Ah, see, and that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna believe the myth or are you gonna find the truth? Yeah. We love, we love our myths. I we know. Why do you think so I, many people are so upset about the statues coming down? You know? Oh, I'm yeah. just like tearing I'm down. happy they're coming down. Yes, they're tearing tear one down. 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 Uh, they're tearing we, one down in Philly we soon. Need it's a dope. New narrative. A we new have, narrative. We need like, we need LGBTQ statues. We need fucking yes. George Washington Carver. <laughs> you know? Yes. We need all sorts of things. Like so up Jonas here, Salk. How about some medicine and science statues? Um, Stephen Hawking. Just, yes. Anarka, Betsy, and Lucy, please. Well, yeah. let's get on to uh, uh, what we came to talk about, because I know uh, oh, yeah. you and I tangent <laughs> so hard. It's always going to happen. That was a fun one, though. Oh, I know. I like it. I like how we put, uh, you know, politics and racism together for a bit. You know, that was good. Um, but you and talking about Canadian suffrage, you had said that you can't talk about Canadian suffrage until you talk about the famous five. Now, yeah. Yes. Who are they? Okay, the famous five. So five women, all from Canada, obviously. Actually, one of them is from is from the UK, but she moved to Canada. All of them at some point having lived in the province of Alberta at one okay. point, which is where I am from. Um, they actually were the five voices that eventually not only got women the vote in Canada, but they also had legislation changed so that women were considered people in Canada so that they could be elected to office. Women weren't um, people. No, that, no. That under, sounds so far-fetched. <laughs> it's a thing. So, like, in 1851, women were officially exclu- excluded from voting. It was just, no, we are excluding women. And so that was when women took up the cause. Um, so the five of them are Emily Murphy, 
Henrietta Edwards, Nellie McClung, Lucy McKinney, and Iron Poultry. And all of them came from different backgrounds, had different abilities, writers, authors, artists. One in particular, I can't remember which one, had an especially honed law mind for the law. Um, obviously, all of them were very, very intelligent. But all five of them worked together so that women could vote and so they could be considered people. So they eventually could be voted into office. Um, all of this is so important because obviously we need women in leadership roles. Um, oh, we still do. Oh yeah, we absolutely. Have. It's absolutely. I mean, fighting over 70 year old white men is just, it hasn't been fun. <laughs> You know what I mean? It hasn't been fun for the past 20 years. I've been voting for 20 something years. (laughs) All right, but me first, yes, us personally. Yeah, yeah. Which old white man on his way to Alzheimer's? <laughs> I wish, I wish they would have given Obama like another term. Oh gosh, you know? well, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> like he was doing so well. Why don't you just let him get, get give him, him the two, that extra you know, two-year term? He was, was a such thing a s- that. He was a symbol for the change that we all wanted, right? Exactly. And then all we this... tried to evolve past it, but no, all the all dead sudden, rednecks wanted to go back. Trump gets back into power and the pendulum swings back the other way. Oh, we're dying out here. <laughs> it is civil unrest. Oh, They're yes, tri- I've been watching the news. Oh, God. They're trying to pit us against each other. And <clears throat> excuse me. It's luckily, amazing. Divide and conquer, right? Oh, yeah, but they're going to be the ones that are divided, you know? Mm. They're, they're going to be, I don't, I never read the Hunger Games, but they're going to be District 9 or whatever. Yeah, I didn't read that one either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, I think they're in districts and I, think I don't know. I just My just... mom made me watch the first one and I never saw the others. Yeah, same. Uh, I'm like, uh. <laughs> it's not my thing. I never liked Lord of the Flies. There was no way I was going to like a whole oh, island of. You're going to start me on Lord of the Flies? That is, no, I mean, that I just is... don't like kids going anarchists on island. And I, I, I don't even like Gilligan's Island that much. I mean, Battle it's funny. Royale. You have to see Battle Royale. That is the greatest film about kids going anarchist on an island ever. Okay. Well, obviously, we, we trailed off from the famous five. Is there anything else you'd like well, to say to them before we go into your girl? Oh, well, I would say this, is that the famous five and something that's really coming up in history these days is exactly they are extremely controversial right now. Um, we cannot, under any circumstances, downplay the impact that they had. Absolutely so important that women got the vote, that they got the right to to take office, that we were considered finally people under the law. Um, However, they were also into, and I'm just going to, the word is horrible, they were also, all five of them, into eugenics. And they were... Oh, my God. They were racist. They were elitist. Um, They were rich, white, racist Karens? Yes, unfortunately. And so this is where it gets hard because we were taught to, they were our heroes. Um, And then, you know, you get older and you start to realize, no, they were human. And they were definitely, they definitely had their intense flaws. And they sterilized, I'm not kidding you, over 3,000 people in Alberta. Wow. Yeah. And we're talking... They sterilized? They sterilized. They managed to get the eugenics through. And this was in Alberta. This is, once again, where I'm from. They sterilized people who were poor, disabled, mentally ill, and Aboriginal. That was their MO. Oh, my gosh. And we actually have some very famous plays based off of this absolutely horrendous thing that happened. Um... This is why we can't talk about the famous five without also talking about racism, you know? Yeah. yeah. And this is the thing. And I have, there are so many different people who are argue for them and people who will argue against them. And my thing is, I don't care about the arguments. I care that we see the whole picture or as much as the picture as we can see. Mm-hmm. So that absolutely these women did something very important. Okay? They did. We also have to understand they also did some pretty awful things too we want to see a whole picture let's take the myth out of them okay 
Well, it's like any kind of leader or activist or someone you can idolize, you know, they're mm-hmm. just human. We got to yeah. see them, you know, they might do great things, but they might be not nice people as well. Well, that's the big thing, like in the States with Jefferson being a slave owner, right? Yeah. And of course, the fact that he had his mistress that he had all those children with. Oh, yeah. You Jefferson. I, I think Jefferson probably is a bigger baby, baby daddy than any joke you've ever heard on any kind of movie. It's an important <laughs> thing to understand. Like we like like you talked about the myth versus the truth. Yeah, it's so important. You know, so another big one that's happening right now is J. Marion Sims. You know, he's the father of gynecology <laughs> in <laughs> I Canada. That. I love that <laughs> in Canada. No, no, this, he's American. He's an American doctor. And he, uh, J. Marion Sims? Yeah, and what, what is he doing right now? Oh, he's long dead. Um, oh, he, I'm sorry. A, I... uh, no, no, don't worry about it. This is, once again, this is one of my university courses. I took History of American Medicine, not Canadian, American. There's a lot <laughs> so like me. I take here. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the father of American surgery is Philip Singh Physic. Oh, well done. I love the name. <laughs> Thank you. In <laughs> well, fact, I'm my... Marion Sims. I did a couple of projects on him because, it, once again, it's this big thing where there's this huge mythology around this man who changed medicine for women, except for he experimented on, you know, female slaves. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And I did extensive research. I even read his autobiography. That was illuminating. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a lot to unpack there. A lot. And that's why I mentioned Anarka, Betsy, and Lucy. Those were the three women that he experimented on. We know their names because he told us their names. Um, yeah, and so it's interesting. And the surgery that he created, it actually just absolutely saves lives. Saves lives, you know? Um, but it's one of those things. Take down the statue. There's a statue of him. Just take it down. We don't care. Just take down the statue of him. Let's have a statue commemorating the people that were helped, you know, and also commemorating the women that he actually experimented on so that we could have this this thing in our lives that actually saves our lives yeah you know? I completely agree you know so he changed modern medicine you know but let's let's look truly at the the actual man here you know it's like let's like I said let's just take the myth out of people you know so oh, anyway, I agree. so famous five same thing J. Marion Sims same thing Thomas Jefferson Ben Franklin all of them let's take the myth out of hey people. wait 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 I need to defend Ben for a second oh I know you love Ben I'm sorry <laughs> I know <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry I went well there. he <laughs> did not I pretty much feel like everyone back then knew he was a whore and he knew he was <laughs> Or, you know, he had his his women in Paris. He came back to Mass and PA for his other women. You know, he had he inv- appetites, did he? He did. He invented a thing called a busybody. It's a three-way mirror that you. I know sec- about this. Uh, Tell, because, tell. Yeah, all right. It's You will put it on the second story of your window so you can look down at your front door because Ben Franklin <laughs> is quoted as saying when his Uh-oh. mother-in-law was at the front door, he was out the back. <laughs> I mean, Ben did not hide who he was ever. And and Ben... Well, I'm going to go with this. It's because he didn't have to. Exactly. They asked White him to be president. Right there he, for you. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. no no i'm just saying let's take the myth let's just take the myth out you know that's all yeah no i agree like they all had back you know that i've been reading so many intriguing things right now just about why we do have to change and i think i said this earlier we just have to change the narrative now you know absolutely absolutely put up the new you know icons for uh the un- underrated rights that need mm-hmm. to be come to the forefront. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Wi- women's rights, black rights, gay rights, all of it. All of it. All of it. We're all equal. Yeah. And we all deserve equal rights. Exactly. And that's just where I stand. And I don't understand why people are even having a debate about it. I'm like, what? I don't, <laughs> I don't know why people are so stupid to be racist. 
I don't want any of it. Any of it. I'm just like, and here's the thing: as as a white female, I absolutely have privilege. And well, yeah, and that's the other. I'm trying to. One of the first things I'm doing is having conversations with my daughter about it. I was never taught this. My parents had no clue about it. It wasn't in the conversation, you know. But I have that conversation with my daughter. I'm just like, I want the world. I want the world to be better. I want human beings to be better. Me too. You know, and if I'm going to make a difference, I have to start somewhere important, and that's with her, you know? And obviously, unpacking my own stuff as well. There's a lot in there where I think, how come, you know, because especially watching movies, watching films where it's always, you know, white people are always the main characters. And I would, you know, obviously build stories in my head, and I would... Never, never. I wouldn't necessarily consider that these characters didn't have to be white. You know, we've talked about that when writing our book. Like, I don't write. I never write characters with a skin color ever. I just write characters. Here's their character traits. Like, they might be a girl. They might be a boy. And they can look like anything. And that's one of the main things with my book was I don't give you what the main character looks like. We have both talked about that a lot. Our (laughs) characters can look like anyone. So anyone can relate to them. Any any color. It's up to you to fill in all those blanks, you know? And obviously, I've I've gotten some backlash on a few things. (laughs) But, I mean, I... Um, from my perspective, I'm just like, let's let's just all take a step back here and let's understand that we're all coming from different places and that's what makes us, that's what makes human beings so interesting. I agree. And stop, stop shutting people up. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and listen, you know? Listening is a wonderful thing that human beings can do. I don't get why people are so angry. No, they are. I know I get why people are angry, but I are so angry at like differences. Mm. It's one of those things, right? It's just like I just have to be very mindful of my everyday. Exactly. You know? Well, be mindful my, of my everyday. My motto is is similar. Heal your part of the world. Mm. I'm doing that with everyone who surrounds me as much as I can every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a very divided time, isn't it? Yeah. They're trying to divide us hardcore here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. hope, hopefully we're strong enough not to do it. Mm. You know, It seems to me like I love how with the protests that I'm watching, the peaceful protests, it's, it's, fu- it's funny. It's like it, there's been this abusive relationship between governments and the people for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And by putting up your hands and saying, don't shoot, you know, can't breathe, don't shoot. You're actually showing I'm not doing anything violent. You have absolutely no reason to attack me. Exactly. And then the government is attacking. And you can see that this is the abusive relationship, you know? Exactly. exactly. And this has to, it has to change. How long was this really, how long was that really sustainable as a, as a government? You know? I don't know why a new country such as America would just do that and expect to have prosperous thousands of years like that. Mm, and that's the thing you just you, and that's the question that's the yeah. question you're just like well there we are and um the rebuilding process you know um i am eagerly looking forward to that i am too i'm looking forward to working as a community with my fellow humans and mm-hmm. trying to something. bring about peace and you know when you were talking about listening sometimes people are talking and talking to me and they're like oh i'm sorry i'm like no i'm listening keep going yeah people absolutely. aren't used to getting listened to i find oh no we're used to being talked over right mm-hmm. and that's all well, i say i just say you know what my job right now is to listen even though i'm on you know they talk talking well it's that law you know i uh when i first heard that law while it was in the movie fight club when i first heard uh do you wait for your turn to listen do you wait for your time to talk or do you actually listen mm-hmm. you know yeah exactly yeah well let's get on to your favorite ida wells <gasps> tell me a bit about her yay oh okay ida wells so ida so she was born, um, she was six months old, and slavery had been abolished. Okay. Um, 
I believe that's the narrative. I don't have my notes right in front of me right now. Um, she had, she, she seriously was, and I think about her and I just think this is the woman I wish I could go back in time and talk to. I'm sure she could teach me so many things, not just about the, this, this time in history, but just a, about rights, about humanness. She is very interesting. So you know Rosa Parks, right? Refusing oh, yes, of course. Bus. Well, yes. Ida Wells was in a first-class train and refused to leave when she was told to leave because she wasn't white. Uh, she refused to leave, and she was pushed off of this train. But She was manhandled and thrown off of this train. And wow. Yeah, this is a moment for her when that was when she you know, she actually started her own paper. She had a co-owner and she started using her writing skills. Um, she was educated to combat racism. And this is down in the South. So you can imagine how popular she was with white people. Um, <laughs> she she also started an anti-lynching campaign. She did all sorts of pamphlets. And as a result, white people decided to burn down her newspaper. <gasps> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she became, she was huge into the suffragette movement, huge into the anti-lynching, into anti-racism. Um, she started something called the Alpha Suffrage Club of Chicago, where the whole point of it was to educate people on their rights. It was, it was basically, it was obviously there to, tr to teach African-American women all about civic matters so that they would know their rights so that they couldn't be abused so that they Good. could fight for their rights. But my, one of my favorite stories about her uh, which you and I have talked about before, yeah. was the suffragette movement was was starting a march as they were, you know, trying to get the vote. And so they were doing this big march. Um, if you know the history, you know that march ended in violence. But Ida Wells was obviously an important figure in the suffragette movement. And they told her that she, that she had to march at the back because the Southern women would not march at the same time as the African-American women. Wow. Um, I'm sure there was more than just Southern. I mean, we were talking, yeah. like I said, systemic racism. So I'm sure there exactly. was more than that. I'm, not, I'm sure not everybody thought that way. I'm sure not everybody, blah, 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 you know, that whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. But the point being is that she, 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 was, she just refused. And so what happened was the march was walking by and she was in the crowd and she just stepped into the march rather than march at the back. Good. And this is why I'm like, I need a movie about her, please. I need several movies <laughs> yeah. about this woman and everything that she did and how brave she had to be, you know, and there's way more to her life than just that, you know, but this is what I'm focusing on because we're talking about the suffragette movement. But I really like, you know, they, they finally did a movie on Harriet Tubman, you know? I was just going to mention that, but it was, it supposedly it wasn't that great. I didn't see it because I was afraid. Me either. <laughs> I was like, I'm I was too. I'm like, this is the first not. movie they're trying with a real black... Like, you know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, I think Hollywood's going to fuck it up. Yeah, well, it is Hollywood. So yeah. you kind of go, ooh, uh, this is yeah. painful. We so, need so many more women movies. <laughs> I actually just watched The Hate You Give, which um, definitely made me cry several times. My daughter watched it with me. She was very confused. She's like, why are they doing that? I'm like, well, honey, it's just racism. She's just like, I don't understand. She's like, why are they doing that? I'm like, well, it's just racism, honey. And I was trying to explain racism to her, you know, and, and she's, um, she gets it. It's very upsetting for her. I think from a historical perspective, you know, um, this is what's so important to me is that the way we tell our stories is the identity we tell, we give ourselves. And that's why you can't start, you can't take things out. You have to let it be a whole. And then that's been one of the major problems is that, you know, history has been so whitewashed. Oh, yeah. And patriarchy is a big part of that, you know? I don't know why men... I, I just... I feel it has something to do with fragile egos because they can't continue the race. We can. And we don't even need them, you know? Mm-hmm. That's always been a question, you know, that what created this relationship between men and women? Even and the Jews a, a, had... A, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, and I mean, even the old re religions were matriarchal until they were torn down. Jews had a matriarchal faction, you know, mm -hmm. but it was torn down by the patriarchal, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you wonder why, why does it have to be men versus women? Why can't it be we're all working on this together? 
you know? I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. And that's the thing. Like, when I, especially when I talk to men who tell me the patriarchy doesn't, isn't real and I'm just, you know, adopting a victim attitude. It just makes me laugh. I go, sure, yes. I'm sure if you're at the top, you have no idea what it feels like to not be at the top, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that, of course, also goes into, you know, it's such an interesting thing to think about that being, having the white woman privilege of having the men on top be quote unquote in your corner and you can use that whenever you want you know and I'm just like it's it's yeah I get it it's there it's something that I am also trying to tear down as well you know I'm just yeah, I get of course I get extremely frustrated you know when I get told well this doesn't really exist and I'm like what how can you tell somebody that their reality doesn't actually exist and that only your reality is valid that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. You know how many? Uh, what? You know? I'm like, so. sorry. Have you never read a book that there are, the, the, you know, different perspectives for each situation? I don't know how people all can them just be so stayed in there, like, and not want to even educate to try to understand someone else's point of view. Well, if it works it. for you, why would you want to change it, right? If you're comfortable. You know, if Ugh. this works, then there's Ugh. no point, you know? Ugh. Unless, of course, you're some, I, I don't know, I think eventually, eventually you have to wake up. You'd hope. Yeah, Ugh. you would hope. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I did, you know? We all did in some way. completely, like, there's this thing that happened here where we have um, this important conversation happening about racism in the media, you know? And, and um, we had these two people they were part of participation and they were, well, you know, it was a black man and a white woman. And I saw this growing up and I wanted to know if they were married because I thought, isn't that romantic to work with your partner, like in your actual job? Like, this is a big deal to me. I was like, oh, I want to know. And it's just coming out now that the media didn't necessarily want to put them on screen because they didn't want to see a black man and a white woman together and assume that they were in a relationship. And oh I'm just like, what? God. And I was like, it was just like, and my mind went, like, my mind just exploded because I was thinking about me as a child watching this couple being completely um, ignorant of what people of color have to deal with every day. It doesn't matter that I don't see color. Every, uh, there are so many people out there in power who do, and those are the people that obviously we have to confront, you know? Exactly. There we go. Let's bring it back there. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And um I know the term uh I don't see color is something that is has been um I question that. I question de- it. Yeah, it has been it's- deemed as uh don't say it like that because it makes it people feel that you are ignoring color or something what it does is it makes me feel like you're 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 privileged enough that you can say i don't see color yeah exactly yeah you know and i'm like i am very aware now when i meet people that they have a different way of seeing the world because of how they are treated in it yeah black people in this country are treated incredibly unfairly and Mm -hmm. That's why you have I, to be aware. I think aware. we need the we need the ally. You know, they need their white allies. People, come on, mm-hmm. like be aware of what's happening every day. Exactly. You know? You know? And it's funny because just because I don't see it all the time here in Canada doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You know. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. police brutality and police brutality happens up here too. You know, there are, we have in a- Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I love the Canada is nice, like, stereotype. Oh, well, you know, I would say that most of the time, yeah, it's a nice place, you know, but we can't brush our, we can't brush our problems. Oh, no, no, we all got our shit. (laughs) It's all there, and I I think a Canadian thing sometimes is to look at the the states and say, well, at least that's not happening here. You know, it's like, well, it just hasn't hasn't blown up yet. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We don't need Canada to blow up. We need wood. <laughs> we will we will do our best to provide that for you. 
that's an interesting <laughs> thing about trade relations between Canada. Oh God, that's my. That's let's my let's low. No, no, no. Let's so much history. I'm like let's, this stupid brain of yeah, mine. Yeah, let's let's so end our beautiful. <laughs> let's start um, at winding down our beautiful first episode. That I'm so honored to uh, be able to interview you, Brookie. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you for having me. And oh, thank whew. you. And I I do want to ask before you go now how are you going to make the change that you want to see from what you've discussed today especially for your daughter well it's all about the listening it's all about the awareness it's all about opening my eyes understanding i don't have all the answers you know exactly yeah but the change i want to see is i i want to i want to be there and i want to help you know and i i want to be an ally obviously but the big thing is listening letting other people have a voice you know, and when I they can't that. find their voice, trying to step up and saying, okay, I'm, we have to give you space, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the problem is trying to, to disenfranchise people, you know, yeah. like, no. So yeah, it's all about the listening, even though I, like I said, I'm here, I'm here talking, but I think. Oh no. Was- and you're a woman of action too, but you have the listening to back it all up. Uh, and that's what? the important thing. I'm trying to really reach into the history books too. And I'm trying to find the 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 people of color i'm trying to figure out how they were disincluded for me it's always going to be about history because that's my passion you know well that's our next episode together we're talking Mm -hmm. about women's unregarded roles in history yeah so i think we should take a really deep dive about that i think Mm, that'll be a fun one yeah i think (laughs) yeah i'm excited for that i'm gonna dig up some of my heroes and you dig up some of yours and we're gonna discuss them all i'm excited absolutely well thank you so much for letting me talk (laughs) brooke i always want to hear you i'm a listener and the point of this is i want to hear what the women i know and respect and admire have to say i want you to open your lady mouth yo (laughs) And it's wide, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, this is uh, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, my love. And all to the ladies out there, definitely never forget to open your mouth. Always. Good God, aliens are attacking. What do we do, guys? No, we, we'll break for peace. Maybe there's still a chance they'll listen. Fire every missile we have at that godforsaken mothership and pray to God that it works. No, none of these ideas are going to work. I've got it. What we need to do is tell every citizen to leave their homes naked and just tell them to have sex with toasters in the street. The aliens will be so confused, they'll just sort off. If you'd like to see the alternate takes on political issues ranging from big to small, subscribe to a New World Order podcast at www.thatsnotkindofproductions.com forward slash a new world order. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.